Welcome to the 6th and Razor Race Canada 4 recap episode of the Yachtimumu podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian who would like his steak well done, if you weren't a pesky vegetarian, Logan Saunders. Morning. And for the first time all season, the Australian who needs a bath bag every time you podcast with us, sorry, Ben Powell. <laughs> Howdy. Bear back, just need a vomit. <laughs> sorry, it's just the sound of your voice, Michael. Well, it has been so long. It's been about ten weeks since we podcasted together, I think, then. Ten vomitless weeks. Uh, but yeah, like, my, uh... I've not been the biggest fan of technology lately. Like, uh, Sky- every time I tried to open up Skype, it would actually, like, crash the computer. So I wasn't a fan of that. And and in the process of fixing that, I end up losing losing a recap in an interview. So, and then that's... And now I'm here, because obviously that got solved. I think the last time we podcasted together might have been the week Logan was in LA. No, that was just me and Michelle, wasn't it? So it was the week before that. I think I was back on the podcast when Zach and Rachel were eliminated in the, in the Amazing Race 28. Yeah, you, you were definitely on that one. Yeah, that's the last one I remember. I don't think I was in the uh, Final Five episode. No, I've just um, I've just looked at the banners. And yeah, Logan and I did episode 10 of Amazing Race 28 together. So Zach and Rachel was the last time you joined us. Yeah, I've been off drowning in the uh, Pacific Ocean like they have, I assume so. Zach and Rachel died on their way back to the home planet. (laughs) So, previously, seven teams went island hopping in northern British Columbia. At the first roadblock, they experienced Hyder culture, learning about six totem poles. Then, after a flight to Prince Rupert, the other team members had a smashing time at a logjam task. Steph and Kristen finally broke their second place run by winning the leg, but a puzzling active route info on Hyder Gawai. So Kelly and Kate be eliminated from the race. And to follow up from something we were discussing last week, Monty described Prince Rupert as a misty mountain town, but he described it as a city last week. It mustn't have a cathedral. How many people are in wherever last week was? Sorry, I don't remember. Heidegway has 5,000 and Prince Rupert has right around 10,000. <laughs> wow, okay. So they'll pretty much pick up anything on the Amazing Race Canada. This is the level of barrel scraping that we've got to with locations on Amazing Race Canada. Uh, you must have been hitting like you know a secret a secret bottom to the barrel because then like we got this week and they're even going even further but further below the barrel. We'll get to them and their wonderful appearance this week. Yes, honestly, I'm after last week's elimination. I'm not even sure if I could continue what going on in this season. I mean, it's just my heart. I couldn't take it. It's not as depressing as last season got. Well, 
Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's that sort of last season sort of heralded the beginning of the end for the season, but we've still got a, a lot more options here. It's not dipped to the level of the Nick and Sabrina, Neil and Kristen, Brian and Cynthia trio of going out back to back to back. I don't even stop there. Dijon and Leilani and Simi OP and, and Brenton Sean finishing in third place as well. That entire eighth to third was like legitimately depressing. I had to see a psychiatrist afterwards and be put on suicide watch. It was, and Logan's funniest complaint blog for last week said that last season didn't have a, uh, a solid cast to top to bottom, but it had 11 very good teams and the Volta Mussolini's. Uh, that's a bit of a stretch. I'd say they had like nine good teams and the Volta Mussolini's and also Dana Amanda and also Max and Elias and Nick and Matt when they weren't being arseholes in, like, in, the, in the next to last leg. But I digress. Let's talk about the better season of the two here. So teams must now fly to Toronto and then take a taxi 60 kilometres to Hamilton, not Michaela, Ontario. And once there, they need to drive to see Bimo, Les, and all his friends to get their next clue. And they've got $400 on their card for this leg of the race. And it is Steph and Kristen leaving at 2.09pm, with Gillian and Emmett at 2.28, Frankie and Amy at 3.01, Joel and Ashley at 3.03, Rita and Yvette at 3.10, and Julian Lowell at 3.28. So they really weren't that spread out last episode. No, the the leg before they weren't that spread out either. Because it, it was quite surprising that the... The Ho Chi Minh City departures were only about three hours apart. It's mm. tough to be spread out in Prince Rupert. True. If you were spread out, he would ask, Who the f*** spread out for me? That's something I never want to hear Rupert say. <laughs> yes, Michael, just don't do that again. <laughs> you don't want to get to the level of, uh, of dirty talk as Rupert Bottom. <laughs> so... Question I'm probably going to ask for the, every episode for the next, rest of the season, regardless of whether on the podcast or not. But uh, how many people are in Hamilton? Five hundred thousand. Oh, okay. Never mind. I was about to. I thought if, I was about to. I was going to be like, oh, if it's like a, if it's like a thirty thousand people town again, I'm going to flip. But like, yeah, that's no, no, that's like the ninth. It's the ninth largest city in all of Canada. Pretty much all the cities, major cities they haven't visited yet on Amazing Race Canada, are all places in Ontario and Quebec. Fair enough. I retract my uh, pre-bitchiness. It's basically Toronto light, from what I understand. Yeah, it's like Canada's default setting. Ontario, is that? That's the province, right? That's not the... Yeah. Yep. That's the one that everyone on the main page always complains about, people being cast from there instead of from Newfoundland or whatever? Yeah. Right. And there's still places they haven't gone in there. Yeah, we're talking bottom-scraping level, though. All right, so we, so we decided we need to visit the rest of the towns and cities in Ontario, and we're set from... Uh, Major Race Canada 5 till 10. Pretty much. Did you get an answer about how much Hamilton paid to have this episode, Logan? No, I didn't get an email back. I'm going to guess three nickels, and, uh, uh, three nickels and a Coca-Cola bottle cap. Three nickels and a Spoonie. And a Kinder Surprise. Aren't Kinder Surprises banned in Canada? No, they're banned in the US. My cousin got pulled over at the border because she was essentially trafficking Kinder Surprises from Canada into America once. Kinder Surprises... Are you not yes, aware? they're like chocolate. I am very much aware of what of Kinder Surprises, but uh, when I hear Kinder Surprises and smuggling, I think something very different. I was going to say we gave you most of our chocolate, so I'd be quite surprised if you didn't have Kinder Surprises. Most people I know, they use Kinder Surprises to uh, smuggle drugs into festivals, so that's where I was going there. Well, it's concealed right in the chocolate egg. Oh, isn't the chocolate egg how uh, Richard Hatch smuggled matches up to Survivor All-Stars? 
Can we stop calling it the chocolate egg, please? That's I know it's <laughs> that's that's what it is though. Like what, what else are what else are we gonna refer oh to? Oh my god. Else? Michael, am I going to have to give an anatomy lesson on this podcast? Please don't. <laughs> right. So, 60 so kilometers. That's a long taxi ride. It is, which explains why they were given $400. A $400 taxi ride. I have not had one of those yet, but, you know, it's, the life's still young. Although there is that, was that one time that was like, and that was like just $100. Anyway, what am I talking about? Who are you guys? It's on your Canadian bucket list, Ben. Travel from airport to Hamilton in a taxi for $400. I'll put that down the 5000s It'll be right above um, walk down the street in in Surrey and petting a wild goat I found in the streets of Argentina. Did you pick up on the subtle um, flight sponsors for this leg? Mentos? No, it was Air Canada again. Really? Welcome to Air Canada. You're welcome. The the agent there was super polite. They really had to showcase that in the episode. We mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but just because Air Canada aren't actually sponsoring the season doesn't mean they're not still the travel partner, as they put it in the credits. This is the first time all season we've had a ridiculous Air Canada sponsorship. You two can sit together because we're nice. It's not like those European airlines where you have to race to get seats together. We'll actually give you defined seats together. One of you can sit by the emergency exit, and the other one, other one can sit on the wing of the plane. Hold on. That'd be sweet. Like, you get to run, just, just to be attached to the wing of the aircraft without fearing of death or anything. You'd be like the guy who uh, just jumped out of the plane without a parachute. Plus, if you're on the same side as Jonathan Lithgow, you know, that would be a whole lot of trouble. Really? Nothing? Was that you a cliffhanger to... reference? No, that was uh, Terror at 50,000 Feet one. You know, Jonathan Lithgow. He was in the remake of that. Nothing? Oh, no. Philistines, Michael, I heard that. Michael, Michael, I can... He can't see me. Nobody sees me. And Claude Rains and the Invisible Man. Right. So speaking of subtle sponsors besides Air Canada, uh, BMO pretty much dominates the first ten minutes of of the episode. They were clearly here to help. It's totes and motes to have, uh, have families read out the clues for them and give them messages. Hashtag BMO breakdown. What I want to know, though, is were family members told to keep it to a given length, or could they go on as long or short as they wanted? Because if you picked a, a horrible family member or friend or whatever to do a message for you, they could lose you the race. Like somebody's just like great aunt who's just going to ramble on with stories continuously for like 10 minutes about things going around at home, and then they tell you the, the next destination. Or could it just be like... um. Dear Ashley, I'm so glad you're in Hamilton, Ontario. I remember the last time I was in Hamilton, Ontario. I believe it was 19 dickety two. We had to say dickety because the Kaiser had stolen our word 20. We chased the Kaiser across the country, but we lost him after dickety three miles. This morning I got up, this morning I got up in the morning and made myself a piece of toast. I put it on three medium brown. <laughs> Did I tell you about the time I put an ugly to my belt, which was the Shut style up, at the time? <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that uh, Ashley's great aunt was uh, not First Nations and was, in fact, Australian. 
I'm glad that this is a video clue rather than a written letter because the osteoporosis is really getting to my wrist. <laughs> oh, God, Logan. <laughs> Joel and Ashley had a very nonchalant taxi driver who just felt very indifferent to the whole drive. He was lackadaisical. Yeah, it was like, oh, are we going the right way? Are we going to the? Are we going to that park? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe he was just the Ontario version of Pierre and the Michels and just didn't want to talk to anyone on camera. Did anyone else think that um, Rita and Yvette's mum seemed fun? I did. It's nice when fun family members show up. Like, that didn't come out right at all. It's oh, that's a, that's a tongue twister. Fun family members. Fun. It's nice when fun family members come out. Now try saying that ten times, Ben. It's nice when fun family members come out. It's nice when fun... No, I'm not doing that. Michael's fun. <laughs> yes. There, <he> <laughs> there we are. <laughs> so teams are then sent to some sort of aeroplane museum. Who cares? Mm. And once they got there, it's a roadblock, which is who's the best backseat driver. And in this roadblock, one team member must have a brief lesson in flying a plane from an instructor and then successfully complete a 360-degree banked turn at the correct altitude to receive their next clue. And it was... Madam Maverick Julie, Madam Iceman Steph, Madam Goose Jillian, Madam Twinkie uh, Rita, and Madam Baseball Ashley doing this roadblock. And if anyone gets that reference, I'll be very impressed. No nope. Top Gun? No. It's close to home for you, though, Logan. Iron Eagle? No, it was The Mole 2 UK. Oh. Yeah, oh, I haven't watched The Mole 2 UK that closely. I just bring up the thing about it filming close to my house, and that's really all I remember about it, other than, like, who was the mole. In the third episode, I think it was, they had a, a challenge that involved going up in a stunt plane and identifying the stunts from a description that they um, they were put through. And they were all given code names, and the mole was announced as Madam Baseball, because Baseball Stadium was where the final reveal was happening. It was one of the clues. Wow. That is quite the hidden clue, even by mole standards. I mean, that still does, that still doesn't meet um, a, um, AVDP or whatever it was for the um, celebrity mole one. Oh yeah, the um, oh. animals, dairy, vegetables, and produce. <laughs> Frederick Vander Mole Wall Mole Two Thousand. How did you guys not get that? <laughs> Fruits, vegetables, poultry. The last one was meat, though. I remember that one. Because it was yeah, Frederick van der Mole. mole. <laughs> French Mole has the best clue ever for that sort of stuff, though. In French Mole, um, they all had intro videos, and the Mole's video was filmed in front of a mountain called in France called Le Mole. It was a properly subtle clue. <laughs> and the other major clue for her was that her daughter um, appeared in that video, and she was called Lou. So they put... Um, wolves on uh, loads of the mole's communication, and Lou being the uh, French word for wolf. Right. Imagine being the one to come up with those hidden clues. That must be the most fun job ever. So you could just come up with the most random crap false and be like, yeah, that was a hidden clue. How'd you guys not miss that? You're you're, you're freaking idiots for missing that one. Come on, Frederick Vanderwall, mole, pole, pulse whatever the vegetables thing is. Yeah, that was a clue. How'd you miss that? There are some great one in Dutch mole, but I want you to watch them, so I'm not going to tell you them. I have a question. Yes. On the main on the main Amazing Race Canada Facebook page, was there anyone who worked at the at the uh, Air Museum complaining that the Amazing Race Canada didn't properly represent the, the museum? 
there was someone who threatened to sue them for millions of dollars for misrepresenting the the museum, yes. Was he the inventor of stunt planning? Probably. So who knew there'd be a switchback to a task in Family Edition? I, for one, did not see that coming. Brian Palo's uh, plane roadblock in Arizona gets to be brought back like over 10 years later. Almost, they almost did the exact same trick, actually. And he still hasn't gone to New Zealand. But he still the hasn't inju- gone to New Zealand, now. The injustice in this world. <laughs> Mason Race Can hasn't gone to New Zealand either, so Brian Palo and the rest of the Powell family has that in common with the Canadian teams. You know what's surprising is that no, none of the teams made a single Top Gun reference during this whole roadblock. Like, I even wrote down that I was waiting for a Top Gun reference, and nobody made it. Most of them, some of them probably weren't even born by then, by the time that movie was released, Logan. But you got, you, you, but it's been revitalized because of Archer, you know, with, with, the, with the Danger Zone. There's still quite a lot of 20-year-olds in this cast. Exactly. Yeah, they're, they're the same around same age as me, though. They should know about Top Gun as well, if I do. Yeah, but as we've previously established, Logan, you're a special case. Well, no, 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 I'm just sad. Michael, Michael you're so mean. I couldn't do any better. <laughs> Imagine how disappointing it would be if it was just a virtual plane like Steph was expecting. That would have been a great way to troll troll the teams. They don't even, they don't even get to leave. It's Amazing Race Canada, they're expecting it to be a lacklustre task. And actually this was a badass task for Amazing Race Canada to do in such a shit location. Tasks aren't lacklustre in Amazing Race Canada, that's Amazing Race US you're thinking of. <laughs> can't remember what I was going to say now. Nah, can't be important. Must have been a lie. I had something important to say. And then I put in another piece of toast, but this time on five. Very brown. <laughs> Where's I, the next but, clue? <laughs> the pilot has it. He's still flying. I'm still up there. stuck in the middle of at the BMO branch. I've been stuck at the bank for five hours watching you talk about toast, Grandma. It it would explain why uh, Joel and Ashley were so behind this leg. Yeah, it wasn't the taxi drivers because of the damn grandma that just kept rambling about things going on in the neighborhood. I just got a bingo yesterday at the. At the casino, it was fun. Dear, I saw a catch. Then we went there out for a, a discount There was a funny-looking cloud in the sky this morning, so I yelled at it for three hours. I yelled at it about the children today. I yelled at it about the, about the children today. And I yelled at it even more about the children today. Hey, Ben, have you been followed by John Montgomery on Twitter? I have not. Logan, have you? Yes. Michael, have you? Oh, yes, yes, I have. Forgot about that. I've been followed by many people on Twitter. I've been followed by Simi. I've been followed by Ryan Steele from season two. And I've been followed by... That's it, actually. And I've been followed by the neighbor who makes me pancakes every Sunday morning. (laughs) We had pancakes last Sunday morning, and it was delicious. We had Aunt Jemima syrup poured all over the pancakes. Is this going to become a recurring joke? Because I suspect this is going to become very tedious. Only from for any future loved ones episode in Amazing Race. This will come up. It's gonna come back with a vengeance. Oh, I've decided that if I'm ever gonna, um, if if I do end up having uh, being in the situation of being a greeter on Amazing Race Canada, that I need to uh, completely creep Monty out. Start whispering in his ear. In a puffin costume? No. 
there's nothing creepier than a guy than a guy whispering to you in a puffin costume. <laughs> hey, Mumsy, you want to see my wings? That's not a whisper. You don't know how to whisper at all. God, you're like my parents. Yeah, you can't whisper in a in a puffin costume though. Yeah, you have a mic. Yeah, you'll have a mic in there. And presumably, you can just you can just like uh, relate to some producer. It's like um, I'm getting very hot in here. You can't exactly do sign language in a puffin costume though, can you? Sign language? What? We'll try and relay it to a producer. You wouldn't exactly have the, the manual dexterity to be able to uh, do sign language. If you can do the YMCA, you can do anything. You know what puffins make me think of? Sarah off Big Brother Canada 3? No, they make me think of how annoying Jillian is. Oh, every, every have you seen the complaints online? Every conversation turns into a remark about Jillian. Well, she is the worst. I haven't spoken much about her, but I admire her power to, like, momentarily make every Canadian watching the show forget that they left Canada. I can't wait for her to start flirting with a, flirting with a handsome bush pilot. That assumes they'll go to Africa. What, what bush pilot would they find in, I don't know, Sudbury or wherever? Can you imagine how ridiculous it would be if there was just this random bush pilot in uh, where, wherever it is next week? Kingston? Kingston, I think it is. God damn it, I thought we sprayed for Hagen's. That was his name, right? Yeah, that was indeed his name. Yeah, you got it right. <laughs> In my mind, I was like, Hagen's either the bush pilot name or the first boot from Amazing Race 28 who sounded like Kat Von D. You know when teams were ripping the clue for uh, the next leg? I bet they were reading it going, fly to Kingston. I'm thinking, yes, Jamaica. Shit, it's Ontario. <laughs> that's, that's like... There's also, that's a, like, uh, there's also a London, Ontario, so be careful for that next season. Mike. That was where uh, Jet and Day were from. I read. Um, I'm not sure. Whether, I'm not sure we're discussing uh, next in upcoming location spoilers, but I did. I read they. I read they went to Sydney. They did indeed go to Sydney. Yeah, that was like sort of the same thing. Sydney. Oh my god, they're going to Australia. Sydney. <gasps> Where's Sydney? Nova Scotia, I think it is. God damn yeah, it! Yeah, Nova Scotia. <laughs> Sydney, Kingston, and then Sydney. <laughs> Kingston, London, Sydney. <laughs> I mean, you can't say Mike Bickerton tries very best, I guess, to get it international. And getting back to the roadblock, uh, Kurt Reptil sent in the question, do you think Amazing Race Canada producers let the teams fly the plane as a big F you to other versions of the race where teams are simply passengers? They've let them but fly, they have before, let them fly the plane before. If a British show lets dogs fly planes, I think they'll let Amazing Race Canada participants do it. Yeah, pretty much. Please tell me you heard about uh, dogs might fly. Nope. Uh, nothing surprised me from British media anymore. I believe it was 12 dogs. They had 12 rescue dogs and paired them up with new owners, took them to a special camp and took them to fly a plane, and one of them actually did. And the other wow. 11 just sort of crashed? The the second dog I heard uh, actually uh, was successful, but ended up throwing up several times during the process. How, how topical, Logan. It's a or it's an amazing race Canada podcast, of course, and it's if it's an episode where Julie vomited several times, of course I'm going to make that reference. She's challenging uh, the Spoonie record. Single that's the single task record, not uh, Brent, not Brent McSweeney's uh, season long record. Sean, 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 right? I Sean. did actually. I heard there was a third dog that managed to fly a plane. It was then put on Celebrity Big Brother, and it was like the most famous contestant on there, just ahead of a bear, a literal bear called Stephen. <laughs> Ah, such terrible people on this season. And none of them are Frankie Grande, surprisingly enough. He's been relegated to uh, 
person who exercises in the background, which is pretty hilarious, considering how much of an unfortunate, unfortunate main character he was in his first season. Did I mention that Bear appeared on um, a show called Shipwrecks with Andrew from the Civilian Seasons Brother Even? Uh, I think you'll find his name is Emery, not Andrew. And they were both awful people who deserved to lose, and they did. Which rarely happens in reality shows nowadays. So, cool. I don't know, Shipwrecks had some pretty good winners, actually. Uh, so yeah, Julie needs a bath bag, and the pilot apologises, because he's Canadian. It was such a Canadian moment. Be like, sorry about that. It's like, you're not the one, you didn't make her vomit, she vomited on her own. <laughs> I need a bath bag. Sorry. <laughs> Julie, what's that about? A boat. A boat. A boat. Lo- Logan and I had this argument last week. Most of them say a boat, rather than a boot. It's not a South Park. So, Frankie and Amy used the Express Pass. <gasps> Why? Um, I'm thinking it was one of those tasks that looked deceptively hard. But at the start of the episode, they said they just wanted to finish first this leg. Well, theoretically, it makes sense, because like, the, the first chance they get to use the Express Pass gives them a huge head start on the, on the other competitors. Imagine if they used it on the Loved Ones video. Like, They would feel <laughs> really silly about that. <laughs> I wonder if uh, at the Vimo kiosk they did have two uh, two special clues just in case uh, Frankie and Amy and Steph and Kristen gave in the express passes. <laughs> we got a video like, from your love. Fuck it, I don't want to see my kids. Yeah, we got we got a, vi- a video from from your kids. Ah, oh, f that express passed. <laughs> that would be and the then... only time the express pass would be relevant ever. And then over on the side, you have Joel and Ashley just sitting there in the third hour of listening to Great Aunt whoever speaking. And great Aunt Sylvia. They, great Aunt Sylvia speaking, and then they see him holding a hand in the express pass, and then, there's, and then she's like, back in, and back in my day, we didn't have this thing with the PC police. We just said what was on our minds. And then there was the... And then there was that nice chap down the road, and back in 1959, he brought me milk, and then 1970, he brought me milk. And then uh, one of the BMO employees at the kiosk casually hands Ashley a charger. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) We are going places with this. I would love it if everyone else just got the tablet and Joel and Ashley got a tablet with uh, a power bar plugged into it. (laughs) It's the BMO power bar. And then they're like ninety uh, percent of the way through, and then they and then uh, and then uh, like Joel's like trying to check how long it is, and he accidentally pre- presses out of the video, and then the old boy's like, "Sorry, you need to watch it again." Everyone else opens up their videos, and Joel and Ashley get directed over to some uh, comfy armchairs to prepare for what's ahead. Yeah, they could have. They could, instead, though, they could have been at the. There's a thing with the Canadian commercials for another bank called uh, TD, and. They, they're known for having these really comfy chairs. In fact, when the Toronto Blue Jays with their baseball games, there's a there's a, there's a place called the TD Comfort Zone where people can win a spot to sit in the really comfy chairs while watching the baseball game. So they could have just shuffled Joel and Ashley into one of the TD Comfort chairs at the other bank. Has your cousin ever had to endorse a bank yet? Michael, oh, you mean Michael Saunders? Uh, well, I'd assume he would have to do a spot for uh, for TD because I mean they help sponsor the Blue Jays. So, yeah, I think he's he's had to do that before. When I, yeah, I think we talked about that on the phone a couple weeks ago, actually. Well, he is 
he is now an all-star, so, you know, they're going to be plowing a lot of money into him. Oh, yeah, all Smash- the sponsors. He's a Smash Mouth song? Uh, Logan's cousin is a Smash Mouth song? Yeah. Have you um, have you been following this hilarious saga, then? Not really. I've been uh, following Australian stuff, because we're currently in the middle of, uh, like, like, like the UK, like America, but pretty much like, like you guys, but just like, yeah. Yeah, Logan casually dropped into conversation a few months ago that his cousin plays for the Blue Jays. Oh, that is a sports team. I know that. That's a baseball team in Toronto. But baseball, yes, the the other the other sport. The the non cricket sport. Last Thursday, I was at work and there was a pair of customers who came in and they were all they were both wearing loads of Toronto swag. Basically, they both had Blue Jays hats on, and uh, he had a uh, Maple Leafs hoodie on as well. So I jokingly said to them, have you been to Toronto recently? And said, oh, we've just uh, moved back from there. And halfway through speaking to them, I remembered that Logan's cousin played for the Blue Jays, mentioned it, and apparently he's an all-star and uh, has made lots of money this year. Interesting. And now you're caught up. That I am. I've got nothing that famous uh, to talk about, but um, yeah. And um, Steph and Kristen make an alliance with Joel and Ashley not to U-turn each other thanks to their knowledge of the Double Express Pass. Which might come to fruition next week. I am uh, not sure. W- I'm not sure if I saw it right because of the uh, because of the video quality. But uh, did they make that? Did they make that pact in front of Lau? 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 How have you pronounced his name? No, it was separate. They were slightly distant from him. So he's like he was like right behind them. I mean, he's he's blind, not deaf. Uh, yeah, and also because he's blind, his other sa- uh, senses will be heightened, so he could probably have heard that conversation. Yeah, you actually just see his ears wiggle uh, slightly uh, on screen, and then he just has this smirk on his face. If you go back and pay attention to the edit, that's that's what happens. Basically, what I'm saying is that Lowell is Daredevil. Where were we? This was, this was an Amazing Race Canada podcast at some point, wasn't it? Yeah, at some point. Um, so yeah, Steph and Kristen leave in second, with Julian Lowell in third, and Julian hates heights, hates planes, and hates Emmett now. But then she gets out on her first attempt and leaves in fourth. Uh, Rita and Yvette leaving fifth, and Joel and Ashley leaving sixth. And teams must now find Bayfront Parks, Boat Launch, and complete a three-part pointless challenge for one of the sponsors. Uh, they must first ride a bike to some kayaks, kayak across the water, and then climb a climbing wall to receive their next clue. Except Joel and Ashley don't receive the next clue. They receive another, they receive another iPad, because they got they got part two of Dave. Part two of Graham's Sylvia's message coming up. <laughs> Seriously, Ben. <laughs> Seriously, yes. We're 51 minutes into recording this, and I bet about 20 minutes of that is just various Aunt Sylvia impressions. And then when I was 21 years old, I moved to Toronto. Boy, I was a looker back then. And then, and then I met your husband. Boy, he was a looker back then too. On our first date, we went to the park, and it was a nice time, and we fed some ducks. The second date was three days after that. You, you can interrupt me anytime. I met a, a, my good friend Risha on one of the street corners and we we found my husband for me. You know, because Risha was so old. Ah, right. And also hanging out on street corners wearing a trench coat. Wow, Big Brother Canada reference out of nowhere. So I, I, I heard Ritter, like John, like John Ritter, aka that guy from uh, Eight Simple Rules. And I was like... I was thinking of Rita from a, this season. That's a weird reference. Isn't that just a South African way of saying Risha? Ritter. I don't know. We're not. We're not all as scathingly racist as you, Michael. We don't. We don't make fun of people's accents. Yeah. So some of us have done away with apartheid as well. I'm not racist. I'm careful. So 
I have really no notes on the Emmy, the next sponsor task, the MEC it's so uh, trifecta. <laughs> Frankie broke her thumb, apparently, while biking or kayaking. Rena and Yvette don't like kayaking. Ashley screams the whole time climbing up the rock climbing wall. She's sort of like me on a roller coaster. That's um, her best. That's her best quality. Screaming at everything. We finally get a mention of uh, Lowell's uh, Paralympic training. This would have been funny if just Ashley started screaming while watching the video at home just the whole time. Although um, what they did seem to get confused about was that in Lowell's original bio, he said that he was training for the Rio Paralympics. And in this one, he said it was the Tokyo ones. Why, man, he's really, he's delaying his dreams by another four years? Yeah, he's such a lightweight, waiting four years. Oh, man. He's just waiting till he's in his uh, physical peak, I guess. And, yeah, Joel and Ashley get lost and get taken to the wrong place, and Ashley is not a climber. You know what would have been an interesting twist for the, the only way to make this MEC uh, trifecta adventure course task more uh, interesting is if Shala Nabila had to do this. <laughs> Can you imagine Charlo Nubila on the water portion? Oh, that would be a disaster. And the good thing is, Joel and Ashley's uh, kayak had a um, a charger for their uh, iPad to put in. <laughs> <laughs> so that they could have some narration from Aunt Sylvia while they uh, kayaks across the lake. Stroke! Uh... Stroke! I'm having a stroke! <laughs> I wondered where you were going with, uh, with the word stroke there, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> I thought her saying stroke, stroke might have been, just been a home video. <laughs> That's gross, Michael. This is a family-friendly podcast, Michael. Family-friendly. Now Michael has descended us into old people sex. That's just, that's just, that's just wonderful. <laughs> Did not expect that conversation to go that way. <laughs> You've led the conversation, Michael. I know. You read it. You reamed it right off, right off the cliff. Also, um, Big Brother 19 has officially been announced as being on All Access only. CBS have finally confirmed it. Good for it. Let's hope it's cancelled. It will probably get less viewers than this podcast. And that is saying something. That is definitely saying something. Like us on Twitter. Please. So yeah, once once teams stumble across the MEC task, they get to the detour, which is Dry Dock or Art Rock. And in Dry Dock, teams must learn how to weld and correctly weld two steel plates together to get their next clue. And in Art Rock, teams want to use stencils to recreate a beer label in spray paint and present it to the band on stage to receive their next clip. You know what my revelation about these sort of tasks was? They're fine at this sort of like urban sort of uh, co- urban modern cultural thing. That's that's fine if it's like sort of like at the very start, like after the first leg, like on the second leg before they go overseas. But like when you're getting to leg seven and leg eight and you're still having to deal with like Oh, go to this modern alternative rock place and uh, with these local local Canadian artists, and it's sort of like, okay, we get it. we get it. Canada is good. Can we go to Singapore, please? Please, we need we need the Marina Bay Sands task and the Singapore Flyer task because that's tradition and cupping. Cupping makes everything better. And my one question about this detail: Why on earth is Dry Dock just the Gino and Jesse memorial task? Oh, with the steel, with the welding, with the steel worker, yes. It's to remind you that uh, at this point in the Amazing Race, you're stuck in Canada and you're never going anywhere else. It would have been way more entertaining if it was a Zamboni-themed task. But no, it was just a steelworking task. The Zamboni task would be a Deadpool-themed task. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> when they're done smoothing out the field, Francis will give them their next clue. <laughs> you don't get any of this, do you, Logan? I've seen the movie, yeah. And the fast-forward of having a, a naked fight in a flaming lab. Oh, yes. 
Now I remember. <laughs> My memory of this episode is flaky already. It's, I can't, which task did Joel and Ashley do? They did Art Rock. Yeah, the painting oh. one. I would have liked if they got there and then um, the musicians were like, we've got a special guest on the projector tonight. And the, the, the projector behind them rolls down. And like, um... In my day, we didn't have alternative rock clubs. I remember when these musicians were just little boys. I remember I remember when the homeless people were living on the street and they didn't get money because the money went to the hardworking people like us. We just listened to our Anne Murray records and danced to the Temptations. I don't even know what those things are. And Marie's a famous Canadian artist from way back. She's like and from we the 70s. We weren't like those hippies who hang out in the park and wore wispy clothing and danced to Kate Bush. Oh, who the hell cares about Wuthering Heights? <laughs> she's probably not even Canadian, but I still like mentioning Kate Bush anyway because she's my spirit animal. Heathcliff, it's me, Kathy. Come on. I'm going to dance to Charleston. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I was waiting for an opening. Damn you, Ben. I have the mark on all person jokes. As this podcast has proven, yes, you do, Ben. Please don't make Anne Sylvia a recurring character. Oh, just you wait. Just you wait, Michael. Just you wait. So, so moving on, Amy falls quite a, has, uh, doesn't really have much coordination in this episode. She She collides right into the rock climbing wall. And then when they're on their way to the detour, she takes a big tumble. Yeah, it's it's no fun colliding with a rock climbing wall, because I've done it before, and it hurts. The first time I went rock climbing... No, no, no this, this is me. Uh, the first time I went rock climbing, I uh, split, and split an A open. Oh, lovely. Yeah, but actually, I didn't actually notice until I like uh, actually like climbed up several times. Because I, I was like... Um, pretty much. Because like, I was uh, on the one on the very left of the wall, and uh, I had... For so- somehow I went up a weird way and it sort of was like I sort of bashed my knee into one of the things and then I just sort of didn't sort of notice because the, the climbing things which you put your feet and hands in were red so I didn't actually notice until like I started going up and down a few times and I was like wait was this here before and I was like and there's like a whole spread of like my knee up the, up the wall your smears Michael family podcast you smeared your blood on the wall yes I did but you you're implying something else so I don't like that I said smears not skid marks Oh, well, what were you? Oh, that's better than what I was thinking of, but yeah. Why, what were you thinking of, dare I ask, Ben? You will not ask. But yeah, when I last went on a, a zip line, I bust my thumb open. On a zip line? On a zip line, yeah, because I'm an idiot. Uh, you weren't carrying breakfast, were you? I was not carrying breakfast, no. I wasn't delivering breakfast in bed to anyone who, uh, who had visited London. So, yeah, Frankie and Amy get rejected at Dry Dock, and then after three rejections, they bicker a lot. And, of course, Emmett has welded before. But you know the one thing that Gillian and Emmett's fights needed? Gas masks. Their fights are made infinitely funnier by the presence of gas masks. Emmett, you have listened to me. And Michael, let's not go there again, because this is dragging on long enough as it is. We know what my favourite image of the welding task is just Amy's expression of complete despair where she's wearing the helmet and she just has her head resting on the side of the table. That's what happens if you do five or six attempts at welding and the bubbles are still coming out, no matter how hard you keep trying to bang the rods in. You know the funniest thing of the episode for me? It was the audio description lady reading out, Chris is a professional, she's been a lesbian since she was 14. Because she said it so (laughs) unenthusiastically. 
Oh, you had to watch it on described video? Yeah, um, part of the video that I watched had audio description on, yeah. So it was it was slightly ridiculous when it got to the uh, the Christian quote about being a professional because for some reason the uh, the audio description lady did read it out and it, she just said it so unenthusiastically. Did you see the comment that the one person made on the Masonry's Canada Facebook page after the episode? She was like, oh, wow. Well, why do they always have to mention about being lesbians? You don't see all the other teams mentioning about being straight. That's so unfair. Of course, the person who made that remark was like, seemed old. Like Aunt Sylvia old. Yeah, I was going to say, was it Aunt Sylvia? (laughs) (laughs) Back in my day, we didn't have lesbians. I'm not even going to go there. Yeah, let's not go there. That's not very much. No. I did see the comment, though. It was like, sort of like, on a serious note, uh, well, pretty much just like, um, why do they always have to mention that gay is straight? Straight people don't mention they're always straight. And it's sort of like, well, yeah, the kind of oh, Julian and Emma, Julian Lau mentioning their husbands, yada, yada, yada. But then, like, the, they mention their lesbians and they're like, oh, this is an outrage. Why do they have to shove it in our faces? The PC agenda, rah, 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 rah. That sort of thing. It's sort of like, well, you. You always get you always get like straight stuff everywhere. It's like that's the kind of the definition behind heteronormative. That's heteronormative society for you, right there. I'm I'm sure I'm sure this one old lady who hates lesbians is sort of like an avid listener of our podcast. So that's why I'm explaining it. The Amazing Race Asia cast would just blow their mind because it's not just open lesbians. It's Vietnamese open open lesbian Vietnamese open lesbians, and that is a tongue twister that I'm not going to try and say ten times. Vietnamese open lesbians. Vietnamese opium lesbians. So, <laughs> opium lesbians. O- opiate? What I actually said was Vietnamese opie and lesbians. So it's just a, a bloke in a sombrero and a poncho and some lesbians. <laughs> Jesus. It sounds like an album cover. <laughs> it should be. It's uh, opium the Vietnamese lesbians. That sounds like a TV show. It's just, I'm trying, damn it. The moment's gone. I can't, I can't think of a good opie joke. I've got one, but it's a stretch. The old lady needs to make another post about the gay people getting mentioned, and then people show up and go, two wrongs don't make a right. See, that's my stretch. And Frankie did say that she was really focused on banging this time. Yeah, she's banging it, banging it, and banging it. And if I can get a good quality version of that, I will make that the stinger. And you guys are 12, 12, and 12. <laughs> um, and the after the finish line videos looks amazing. They look like the sort of thing that I really want to pay attention to. Yes, there was a commercial near the end of the episode where all three winners were showcased. You mean all three winners who I was a huge fan of and who I didn't think are some of the worst Amazing Race winners of all time? I like how, well, I don't not really like, but, you know, sort of find sort of cosmically funny how, like, um, even a completely different franchise, even in the same country, we, st- we still get two douchey male winners. First we get Tim and Tim, then we get Nicky and Pete, then we get Jen and Jesse, and then even a completely different franchise... We get Nick and Phil. So, I mean, hopefully, Major Race Canada has now inherited Big Brother Canada's, uh, you know, tendency for good winners now that they've sort of decided to go for Nick and Phil. Well, there's no uh, no chance of an all-male winner until uh, the Revival class comes into play next week and Stefan and Antoine are brought back. Major Race China used that twist again. Again. They used intruders. How is that possible? Yeah, one team shows up in the penultimate leg, I think, and they get second and therefore are eliminated. The rules on the new Amazing Race China revival pass are slightly different, though, because it works like a save, but you have to save another team by the end of the fourth leg. And there's only eight teams to begin with in the cast, so 
you have a essentially if you're one of the first two teams eliminated, you have a fifty fifty shot at being brought back again. Yeah, it's basically the rubbish version of the salvage pass. Yeah, because there's no there's no benefit to actually saving to actually not saving the team. Anyway, did anything else actually happen in this episode, or are we done? Um, we had more subtle Mentos appearances. Oh yes, uh, another black and white Mentos moment for a good three seconds while Frankie and Amy are contemplating switching tasks. It's like every time we, I see someone of the, one of those, I sort of like either think A, oh, crap, did my file screw up again, or B, is this is this suddenly a Schindler's List? Yeah. One of those two. There's a yellow candle in the background too. As far as I know, it is not an, a, a task from our fake Germany leg of uh, Amazing Race 286. And it's not, the, it's not Mike and Rochelle's reward from Amazing Race 26 either. So yeah, Steph and Kristen leave Drydock in first, with Jillian and Emma in second. Jillian Lowell leaving Artrock in third. Freeton and Yvette leaving Artrock in fourth. Frankie and Amy then switch to Artrock and leave in fifth. And then Joel and Ashley leave Artrock in sixth. And teams must now head to Dun Dun Castle. The pit stop for this leg of the race, the last team's check-in may be eliminated. Yes, I think Jillian pronounced it as Dun Dun Castle. Dun Dun castle as in they're done for the leg i guess as in dun dun dugan from agent carter you seriously haven't watched agent carter or captain america i gave up on agents of shield after uh, one episode no week the only captain america film i've seen is civil war and that's because it was awesome so yeah Stephen Kristen jets in in first again and they want a trip far to to delhi in india with no requirement to carry fish on their heads or practice couples yoga excellent and Julian Emmett checking in second, with Julian Lowell in third, Rita Nerette in fourth, Frankie Namie in fifth. They cracked top three. They did, I'm proud of them. Way to improve the 6.2 average. I should note that this is the, there's been four Canadian rounds so far, and this is the third time in four rounds that Stephen Kristen and Emmett and Julian have finished in first and second. And yet they are both much more enigmatic teams than Gino and Jesse. Yep. And that left Joel and Ashley to check in in last place. But of course, it is not a non-elimination. It's not an elimination. It's a keep on racing leg. But with a twist. They have to race with Great Aunt Sylvia. She's brought out and she's like, have to race with the next leg. And she has an oxygen mask and a Zimmer frame. The last time I went to Kingston, I believe I was 25 <laughs> The whole years train old. ride? The, the whole is... train ride we have to listen to Aunt Sylvia's stories? Dear God. This is why we don't let Ben on the podcast too often. <laughs> you know what was my favorite part with Ashley in the episode? There's actually two moments. One was her rock climbing, and she's only like half a foot up there, and she's like, what happens if I fall? And then Joel just sat, casually stands on the sidelines like, um, probably nothing? What happens if I fall from this great height? I've, I've just started climbing up this wall. And then uh, the other moment was at the detour when Julian Lowell had finished, and they were running out in the pass by... Joel, uh, Joel and Ashley, and Julian's like, oh, hey, guys, good luck, and then Ashley just grow, just has an over-exaggerated groan, she's like, yeah, thanks. So yeah, next time, uh, teams head to Kingston in Ontario, where the detour seems teams' bubbles burst, or they try and stay afloat as they face the first W-turn of the season. A oh. twist? Yeah. Much like Amazing Race 28, um, this season there hasn't been any, cra- any crazy twists or turns in terms of... Uh, production throwing anything at them i must have been like majorly out of it or, or must have forgotten something but like this is this is relevant like uh was this season the first season where there was actually a task that, to get the express pass besides go to this place um 
Yes. Yeah. It was an actual wait, wait, wait. task. Wait, what was last season? Last season was ha- Hamilton and Michaela go to see these uh, these dancers. They just enter that square. Yeah. Yeah. So it's much like Adam and Bethany getting the express pass back in twenty five as well. So I've actually I've actually forgotten. How did uh, Kurt and Brody get the express pass last season? They finished first on the seventh leg or sixth leg. Might have been the sixth leg. Yeah. It was the one where um, Sherry and Cole finished last. Yeah, that was six and. Right. I've forgotten I've forgotten completely the first half of that season, so most have. Wishful thinking. Are you kidding? What about that time that what about that time in the first half of the season where, you know, Tyler and Corey did error file not found? So Jerry Dowdy did want uh, any insight if a future leg will take teams to Nova Scotia or any of the maritime provinces. And yeah, we've already answered that. Yes is the answer, but due to the strict rules that we have with certain people who listen who bitch when we Give away location spoilers. We won't say anymore. But yes, there there is some maritime legs as far as I understand it. Which will which are usually our shortest podcast of any season, if you look back to our previous podcasts. Apart from the thirty minutes of crying about Suki and Jinder getting eliminated. Yeah. I've got a question on the on the same on the same wavelength. Are they going back overseas? Yes. Yay. And one thing that we haven't mentioned is apparently Next week is the last episode for a couple of weeks. Because we're having a shit we didn't show you special. Oh, Olympics. That's why. In between episodes seven and eight. They're going to count down the top 20 modes of the season so far. And delay the international travel for one more week. Yeah, because CTV and TSN, those are the two network, well, the two stations that always air Amazing Race Canada... Um, they cover a lot of Olympic stuff, so that's why they're not showing a new episode. Hopefully they cover it better than NBC. Oh, they do. They, the Canadian coverage is ridiculously better compared yeah. to American coverage. Yeah. For starters, I imagine they'll actually show the opening ceremony. Yeah, has CTV actually yeah. um, asked for the official language of the opening ceremony to be changed to English like NBC have? Have you heard this mm. story yet? No, I haven't. That's... Um, last week, I think it was, NBC put in a petition to the Olympic Committee to try and get the official um, language of the ceremony, the opening ceremony to be changed from Portuguese to English because in Portuguese, the US would come out about 30th out of 580 countries and obviously in English, they would be one of the last ones and they think that people will switch off after the US team come out. So they wanted to basically have the US arrival into the stadium be a lot later than um, than it would be in Portuguese. Cater the Olympics to the U.S. Um, that sounds more like an 80s uh, an eighties Cold War thing. That's not like an episode of the games. And uh, I'm going to go on a huge tangent here. There's this uh, show leading up to the Olympics in Australia but all back 16 years ago called... It's basically like a sort of The Office meets an Australian show. I don't know. It was just like like an office sort of thing in Australia where they had like 26 episodes of like... Um, a par- satire mockumentary sort of thing about the uh, Australian committee leading up to the games and all the decisions they had to make. Like, they did. There was, just, there was like an entire like five minutes thing where like one of them was like explaining they couldn't they they they're tr- they trying to like uh, have like r- runners run at like four a quarter to four in the morning just so the Americans would be watching. They did a very similar idea called 2012 over here before the uh, the London Olympics. Oh uh, yeah, it was in London. I just remember that. Yeah, I imagine I imagine it, that would be something you guys would do. Oh yes, it's quite funny. That, like one of the main uh, one of the main actresses was actually uh, was actually uh, Kim from Kath and Kim. All right, cool. 
You've never seen that show, have you? No chance. You've heard of that show, haven't you? Vaguely. Good to know. So is there anything else to say about this episode before we sign off for the week? I've, I'll just have, I'll just leave a comment at, the, at this moment at least. I'm, I'm just glad that we decided to make fun of Aunt Sil- Great Aunt Sylvia. Otherwise, we'd have nothing to talk about. Are you going to force me to keep all the Great Aunt Sylvia stuff in then? <laughs> yes, I am, Michael. Yes, I am. Because that shit's getting chopped down. A little, just chop it down a little bit, not all of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to cut all of it out. When it starts getting tedious, I am. I would just like to point out that, uh, damn it, what was I going to say? I got distracted by Great Aunt Sylvia. Oh yes, that uh, at the end of the detour, that it's only only in Amazing Race Canada do teams get uh, get offered beer after completing a task. I'm very surprised that it was wasn't Monty's Golden Ale. Yeah, they didn't they didn't want to promote Monty's beer, and it also explains why this round had to be that uh, couldn't be a self drive leg. Can't really serve alcohol before teams enter their Chevrolet Volt. I'm proud of you both for not rising to a Monty's Golden Ale reference. Oh, believe me, the, the temptation was there. But I'm not into I really like the way so. he took off his sunglasses when he was trying to be all hip and cool during the detour explanation at the welding site before he made his terrible fun. Do you not know that Monty is just a, uh, an 80s cop? Yeah, he was really trying hard with the whole, like, it has to be well done. He's basically a CSI character. He takes his sunglasses off, makes a pun, and then it goes to credits. And then when Rita and Yvette are on screen, um, the who are you part just uh, starts playing. Yeah, I still can't tell them apart. Well, they're twins. Yeah, why, why would producers do them like that? We're six episodes in and I cannot tell them apart. And I'm usually pretty good with telling twins apart on Amazing Race. Why would they ever cast twins on a, on a show about relationships? God. No, it's really 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 difficult because they never ever subtitle who's doing the roadblock when it comes to Rita and Yvette they do it for everyone else they do it at the last minute for Rita and Yvette just to confuse me there should just be a question mark they have like Kelly Steph Kristen Anne Rita and or Yvette yeah just a question mark Rita we think Rita I guess so thank you for listening to this Your Team Number podcast you can join us every Wednesday for more Amazing Race Canada recaps if you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, or our own Twitter pages, MJ Houston for me, Log Sugaraki for Logan, and Ink1Y for Ben. Bye! Hey guys! Good luck! Thanks! Thanks.